Making movies is really tough To get it all done you gotta know your stuff First you write a script then you raise some cash Shoot the film then you're done in a flash So here's some things that you need to know It's my first feature Hello and welcome to My First Feature. I'm your host, Ethan Cushing. I'm a director and producer working in Los Angeles, and this is the podcast where each week I interview a new filmmaker about the experience of directing their first feature film. With me today is writer, director, editor, David Au. David got his start at an ad agency and then transitioned into editing short films. And then in 2013, he wrote and directed his first feature film, Eat With Me. Hi, Ethan. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Thanks so, for having me. Oh, of course, man. So we met um, via a Facebook ping. I was looking for new guests and Joyce, my friend Joyce. Countryman Lou. Yes. She recommended, I, I always got to remember that last name, right? Uh, she recommended you to me. Uh, yeah. She produced a film that you happened to write and direct. Yeah. Correct. Called Eat With Me. Right. So um, Joyce is a fantastic uh, actor and producer in her own right. Um, we actually, I was Googling, we have a lot of familiar, uh, similar actor friends that she's through her. Um, she hi, knows, Joyce. She knows every listening, yeah. Joyce. <laughs> um, and yeah. So, so before we get started, can you give me a brief elevator pitch of, of Eat With Me? Like, sure. What's the logline? Yeah. Um, so Eat With Me is a, a dramedy feature film about a woman who just decided one night that um, she wants to leave her husband and basically just walked away from him. And then she came to the city from the suburb and to go live with his, her son. Um, and who happens to be gay. And so they have a little bit of tension there. And then so from living together, they learn a lot about each other and um, sort of a little bit of a coming of age story of both of them and trying to figure out who themselves are and, you know, how to be, you know, by yourself and love yourself again and stuff like that. So great. And I got to see it on Netflix, which is an, cool. an achievement there for you. <laughs> we'll <laughs> nice. talk about that later. Sure. Um, but uh, how, how did you get into the industry? How did you get your start? So, um, a little bit of a long story, but uh, when I was in college, I actually, um, I did, uh, my major was journalism. And then for some reason, I, I took a acting class just to be, just have fun for it. And then I loved it. I got the bug for acting and I, I kind of went through that track to do theater as well. Um, and then from there, but I was in actually in Wisconsin. So um, looking like me, it's a little bit harder to get cast in Wisconsin. And for the, the, for the, the uh, listening audience, what do you look like? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Chinese Asian person. So, um, and there are not that many of me in Wisconsin. So just a little bit of a harder choice to I was going to say, there's just quite a few of you, just not in Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, maybe not in Wisconsin and maybe not in the theater department either. Right. So um, to try to like cast a Shakespeare play, um, it's a little bit hard with me mm. in it. So um, somehow I, I um, kind of started directing plays because I feel like I could do more behind the scenes than in front of the scenes. So um, and I, you know, kind of just do a lot more plays and, and directing. And it was really fun. And I really enjoy working with actors and the rehearsal process and kind of collaborate and mix something together. It was really, um, I was just like really into it. So from there, I thought I was going to become a theater director. And like I moved to Chicago, I started, um, you know, exploring the theaters in Chicago. But then then I took a film class in Chicago. And then from there, I um, kind of... Screw theater. Yeah, I know. It's just kind of funny because in, in theater department, you're like, oh, film people are horrible and then and you came out and then all of a sudden it, it changes because I, I don't know it's just something you know visually it's really fun to have that control like composition of each frame and all the you know little nitty-gritty of things that you can have control over whether 
Whereas in theater, you know, once the rehearsal process is over, as a director, you're kind of done and you don't really have control over, you know, each night's performance. Um, so from there, I took a I took that I took that um, film class and then I really enjoyed it. And then I decided to move out to L.A. to went to film school from here. So I, I did wow. a, I went to L.A. film school for one year, kind of learn all the nuts and bolts of filmmaking very quickly in one year. Um and, and yeah, that's uh, where I made some short films um, and kind of get my start in it. And um, but then I become an editor because I just you know somehow got this job at an ad agency and they needed an editor at the time and they found out that I came from film school and I was like, okay, why don't you do this? So I was sort of doing all the promo work for the internet department, so what they do for movies and film promotional things. So. They're fun, and so I, I worked there for about five years, and then from there I learned more kind of storytelling in terms of like from the post-production part of it, and um, and I edited a few feature films after that, and and then, yeah, that's, that's Eat With Me after that. So that hmm. was a long time coming to yeah. get the first film out. And so despite kind of cutting your teeth in editing, you always knew you did want to direct once you took that film class. Yeah, you wanted I to did. Be a, yeah. yeah, so from film school, that's when I really learned how to direct on film and with actors and um that's something that i really found myself interested in and also you know besides actor you work with you know the other production people and those are also very interesting to kind of work with other artists in in terms of like visually and how to achieve you know to make a beautiful shot so Mm. um yeah so i got the buck from there cool um did you direct any further shorts or any other stuff uh, post film school before you jumped into Eat With Me or was Eat With Me kind of your first? I did. I did a, I did a couple of short films actually also with, uh, um, so one film was with Teddy uh, Chan Cover who um, was in Eat With Me as well. She's the, he's the lead. He plays his son and he, um, he and I um, worked on this film together that he wrote and I directed with him that he acted in it as well. So um, that was called The Boxer. Um, and it's a little bit more of a different film. The, the film is about um, him as a child, kind of fighting through his childhood um, um, tension with his grandfather. And so it's something that he is an interested in boxing. And then he became, you know, kind of, at the end, he just basically fought with his grandfather physically. So that was that was an interesting film to, to shoot. And then the next film we did was uh, also with Sharon, Omi, Ken Narasaki, and um, Keiko from uh, Gilmore Girls. And we did a short film that Ken Narasaki wrote. And uh, it, was an, it was called Family Gathering, which is um, just basically like a, a group of siblings came together for one dinner and there a lot of secrets came out and stuff comes out of it. So, so you seem to have like a recurring theme of these sort of f- familial tension kind of stories. Yeah. Where is that coming from? I'm not sure. I think that's something maybe, um, you know, what drew me to film is sort of people and kind of human being relationships of, you know, friendship, relationship, love, like um, also families, that kind of stuff sort of interests me more in terms of what what kind of um, subject matter that interests me in. And because I feel like that's something that I can relate to the most. And um, from your own life. Yeah, yeah. From, from my own life and also just realistically things that I can relate to more. Um, so that's something that always what I'm, you know, kind of interested in doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
when did you begin writing this script or, or what was the genesis for, for you with me per se? Sure. Um, so at film school, um, which was like 2004 or three, Oh no, two. <laughs> it's a long time ago. Yeah. Um, so I did a short film called fresh, fresh like strawberries and also with Teddy, Sharon and Ken in it. So from there, um, Those are it's the actors a, it's from a the current sh- film. Yeah. yeah. So it's a short film sort of where eat with me is based off on, um, and, it's just a bit, a little chunk of it. It started with um, the mother saw the husband cutting the wedding ring um, in the middle of the night one night. And then from there, you know, she decided she needs a different life for herself. Um, so that's sort of the genesis of Eat With Me. And and I did the short film there. And I began writing right after that, uh, not too long after. And um it took about kind of, I think around seven to eight years to actually really write it on and off, obviously. Wow. A lot That's off, a long time. A lot more off than on. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, um, and then, um, yeah. And then, uh, um, somehow I reconnected with Joyce and I met Joyce from college and then Joyce really is sort of a trooper for this film. And she, she read it and she really wanted to like worked on it with me and we just produced from there and from there we, you know, try to get money and all of that. Fun mm-hmm. stuff that we did, yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you when you reconnected with Joyce, was the script in a kind of place to start shooting, or, or did she help develop it with you at all? Or? Yeah, she definitely did. And um, I have a, a couple other writing partners that helped also, like, redevelop the script more. I think from there, maybe two to three years later, we, mm-hmm. we developed the film before we start shooting. It took a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did a lot <laughs> in those yeah. two to three years. That's, that's dedication for sure. Um, did, did the script evolve at all, uh, across all these years or did you always kind of know the backbone of the story? And it, you know what I mean? Yeah, it definitely evolved throughout the years. Um, it's, it's nice because I have these actors with, um, with me the whole time. So like we became really good friends since we shot the short film. And so every time I have a draft, I try to get them together and like have a do a little reading and then they'll give me their feedbacks in terms of because they, you know, they have their characters down to like who they are. And they really helped from their perspective to just sort of seeing where the plot lines work or not. So it definitely have evolved a lot. And a lot of times just because I got older and every time I read it and it's like, OK, that doesn't sound right anymore and um, or it doesn't, you know, ring truth to where I am at, at my, at that stage in my life. So, um, you know, from there I changed more and that's why I can never like find a final draft that I really like until, <laughs> until we actually got the money and we're like, let's shoot this. And so, and that's kind of how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of money, how, how did it come to you? <laughs> how did you get the money? Yeah. Um, so, um, in 2012, we decided that um, we want to shoot a trailer just for the film so we can, you know, get in front of the investors and just anybody to see what the film might look like. So we, you know, got some actors and um, and just got together and pulled together this trailer. We wrote a little specific script just for the trailer and we shot it. Um, and knowing that we are going to do a um, crowdfunding campaign after, so that would be, you know, a good video for us to use. And, and then, you know, 2013, we did a Kickstarter campaign. Kickstarter, okay. Yeah. And then from there, we made most of our budget. Um, Can I ask that. what the budget was? It was, it's around, oh, the, the crowdfunding campaign? The, the production budget. Person budget is about a hundred. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Um, and then we got around like 60% from there. Uh, and then the rest we pulled together through friends and families and mm. anybody we knew. What was your experience with Kickstarter? Everyone has a different story with it. I mean, how, how did you find it? Yeah. How, what tips would you give to someone else trying to kickstart? It was probably the hardest month of my life. <laughs> and, I, and, uh, and you know, not just mine and, you know, Joyce's and all of the producers were on board. And so um, it's... But it's definitely one of the most rewarding experiences as well, because I think, you know, besides the money part that you get from it, it's you get the support from this group of people who didn't know you, who um, didn't know about your project until then. And then they started, you know, following you and they really want to see it through of what happens at the end. Um, so that was um, that was really, you know, interesting to have. And. And as far as the campaign goes, like we, you know, we definitely worked really hard on it. And, you know, you sort of have to, you know, email anybody and kind of contact anybody you can find and through that, throughout that whole process. Um, and um, it's been a while now too, <laughs> but it's actually, um, that's how we kind of got part of our cast and um, connected with a few other people that help us with money and stuff like that. So hmm. was there anything that you remember kind of being particularly proud of with regards to, to raising the money or was there anything that was like, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to just ask someone or ask an uncle or a random colleague, like, Hey, will you give me 10 bucks? Like, yeah. you know, like, was there any, was For that your sure. experience? I mean, uh, I think it sort of toughened you up a little bit. Cause I don't, you know, I, I'm, I'm not the kind of person who asks for favor in the first, in the first place. And so this is something a lot more than Big just favor. asking for a favor. And, and like, you know, a lot of times you, there are people that you don't even talk to for that long. And then you have to reach out to them like, Hey, I'm just, you know, saying if you are feeling, you know, generous today and help us out and, and then you never talk to them again. And so I try to like reconnect with people as well as, you know, trying to be nice and, uh, and, you know, not, um, just like greedy about it, but this is something that really kind of helps like toughen you up as a filmmaker because it's this, you know, in the long run that you probably have to do similar things in terms of going after investors or other people as well. So this is, you know, actually like a really nice way to do it because these are your friends and families and people who will support you and they probably won't like yell at you or mm. not give you money at the end. Right. So, yeah. Um, so you raise the money. And then you began production. Um, Two months after. Wow. So, so, so had you, did you have a start date already set before you raised the yeah, money we, necessary? We had a rough um, start date, but we didn't know for sure that we'll, you know, achieve the goal that we want to do for the Kickstarter campaign. So, you know, if we didn't, then we'll have to push it. So, um but it got together like very quickly. And then all of a sudden we're like, we have to shoot this now. Cause we also, you know, have a couple actors that we lined up that we have to shoot by a certain date. Um, otherwise we'll lose them. And um, we decided we just have to do it. So from there we, you know, start pre-production immediately and, you know, pull all the locations together and, and hire people as soon as possible. And then, you know, and then, yeah, we, I think we finished the campaign around April and then we start shooting in June and then it was only a 15 day shoot. So it was over before mm. we knew it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so when you did start shooting, I mean, this is obviously the largest undertaking you probably had as a director yeah. to, to, to date at that point. For sure. Um, 
what was your experience? What was going through your head? Like, were you confident? Were you scared? Were you excited? You know, what I'll were say you all of those things. Yeah, we definitely, um, you know, scared and nervous and, you know, and more so about like what would go wrong on the day. And there, you know, there's so many different elements that goes into it, you know, especially for independent films where we put together very, everything very loosely and, um, we don't know, you know, which part would fall apart and, and what day. So that part of it, um, you know, I have to be very, you know, grateful with my producing team. They really pull it together um, with Joyce and Michelle and Mark and uh, Jeff. They they um, just really help out in putting everything together. And, um, you know, we definitely have a lot of things that still happens on set. And those are things that we can really predict. Um, but, um yeah, so I think that, and then, you know, I definitely try to be as confident as I could be in front of everyone because it's this, you know, it's a definitely a tough um, position to be in and, and it's such a larger production of everything I've done so far. So mm. that was um, a good training for me. Yeah. Mm. What, what kind of things happened that you never could have expected or never thought were going to happen on, on the day, if you remember? Um, oh, yeah. There. I mean, there's so many things, um, and you know, these are all lessons I learned as well. Um, you know, we, the, the main location that we shot was this loft where Elliot lives in and, um, Emma, who's the mother comes to live with him as well. So this is a big location and I found it on Airbnb, which I don't know if I recommend if I ever do it again, cause, um, you just don't really know what exactly you go in for. Um, even when you went to visit, um, I saw, you know, a few people living there and there seemed like cool guys. <laughs> and, and I didn't know that there were like maybe 10 people living there in the same loft and, um, you know, and they're still living there while we're shooting. And so <laughs> we have to kind of like switch around a lot where we can put the camera in while they're oh sleeping gosh. in wow. the morning. Um, and yeah, so we had quite a, you know, quite a hassle to have to like, rally everybody up and did that affect like your shot list and your oh yeah blocking? for sure like we um and it's just a really weird setup too and so there are two floors loft and then the top floor loft have they just kind of cut off into different rooms so through just like really thin walls and um these fabrics they just like cover it up as different rooms um and they're just like the dirtiest <laughs> room that we have ever, you know, place to be in. And then we have to clean it up every day um, while they're sleeping. And, um, and and then, you know, we definitely have to like change around the shots a lot to kind of, you know, accommodate them. And and also this was also happens around June and July, which is the hottest time. No AC in this loft. <laughs> so there's no AC anywhere. And, you know, and, and downtown LA, for some reason, it's just like really, really heated and hot. And um, in having our actors to have to do some intimate scenes in this weather too, and it's not fun. So yeah, that was interesting. Uh, um, well, just for some context, let's pause for a second and listen to a scene um, uh, of Elliot and his mom uh, in said loft so we can kind of see what the film's about. Cool. You really think people are gonna like these dumplings? It's not too old fashioned. Yeah, who doesn't like dumplings? That's true. You really do need a better menu. I can't believe people eat that stuff you make. You know, you're really hard to please. That's not true. I'm very easygoing. 
Yeah. You're right. Yeah, so that gives you a taste of the relationship between the mother and son there. And um, you can imagine that that loft was uh, populated behind the scenes of all these other tenants. Yeah. <laughs> um, I believe actually Airbnb has another website that they spun off now for film locations because no they way. found so many people Doing reaching that. out to the, the tenants or the <clears throat> homeowners for that purpose, for film for yeah. filming that they... And I can't remember what the name of it is. I think it's like Peer Space or something. Um, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it's smart. I mean, yeah, it's, it's totally. a whole revenue model. Um, yeah, so that sounds super tricky. Um, how how were you? I mean, there like you said, there are some kind of uh, intimate scenes here. There, there's a lot of um, emotional stuff going on. How how did you handle all that as a first time director? Um, I think having my actors uh, there. You know, these are really seasoned actors that have been trained and they're really um kind of sort of easy to work with as a director and they we had um a pretty good rehearsal process it's not a very long process but we definitely did um a lot of character work in terms of just finding out who they these people are and talk to them you know bef- what happens before and after and all of that stuff and just kind of talk through the scene more so than actually rehearsing the scene and uh but you know for the intimacy Intimate scenes, I try to, you know, map out everything that they're supposed to do, you know, kind of by movement. And so they know exactly what the movements are. And, and then from there, we're just connected with emotionally. Then that's something mm. that they, they did very well. And um, yeah, so those are um, kind of the way I work yeah. with them. Yeah. Did, did you find yourself, um, did you find yourself as a director, like trying to do everything yourself or were you able to kind of lean on your key crew members and your producer and your AD and your DP? You know what I mean? Like, like how did you relate to the crew members? Sure. Yeah. I, I definitely lean on them a lot on it. And I, you know, I learned how to do that on this film particularly because I think I just couldn't have done everything on my own. And I think I definitely relied on them on each department and trying to make that work. It's, you know, especially, having to shoot in that loft i have to really lean on a production designer who was amazing to be able to pull that off and you know like worked on one room while we're shooting on another room and then be able to get all the scenes together by the end of it and that's um and that's something i couldn't have done and same with my dp who you know really put it off together with uh, you know getting all the equipment into that little space and, and and trying to get everything to get it done. Yeah. What was your working relationship with your DP? Like, how did you guys, um, conceive of shots? How did you, did you guys storyboard everything? Did, did you improvise? Yeah, we did the, basically the floor plan of each shot and every scene we, you map it out beforehand. So like a month before the shoot, we, you know, map everything out together as much as we could, you know, we try to be loose in terms of like on the day, what we can do and what we can do. So, you know, we have a pretty good structure before we go in to shoot. But every morning, I actually go into breakfast with my DP. And then we basically, from there, we're like, okay, so we only have that many hours today. Like, realistically, how many shots can we do? And from there, we have to eliminate some stuff and try to figure out, you know, how to tell the story without doing 15 shots that we Mm. originally wanted to. just because we don't have the time for it. And um, yeah, so from there we, you know, we, we go in and I think we pretty much follow what we planned that morning every day. And um, yeah. Hmm. And then did you find, how, how did you relate to the actors? I mean, were did they, did you find them needing different things or did you have to kind of develop 
different methods for different actors or for sure and that's something i learned on this set too and even though i knew some of my actors very well um i still kind of realizing they all need different things and some need more than others and and also you know having um uh, george takei and nicole sullivan that i haven't met before that's something um i have to learn about what their process is like so I definitely have to, you know, adjust myself. And as a director, I feel like that's my job to kind of make everybody comfortable in their own ways and what they need is what I have to provide. Uh, yeah. So uh, George Takei has a small cameo in the film. Uh, yeah. which is, uh, two questions. One, how did you get him? And two, what was it like directing this legend? I mean, was that intimidating or fun or? Yeah, so um, it's actually, I have to give credit to Joyce again. So she was um, at a play uh, opening night and then she sat two seats away from George. And for the Asian American um, sort of theater and film community is very small. So they're not that many people in it. So, you know, we all have like people who know people who know people who know them. So, um, you know, she just started talking. I guess she, you know, accidentally bumped into him physically. And, accidentally on purpose yeah, bumped into him. Accidentally, quote unquote. Um, and, and then start talking to him and his uh, partner, uh, Brett, who's also his manager, and um, they start, you know, getting in conversation. She, you know, immediately start talking about this film that we, you know, wrote a part for him. And he's like, okay, let's. You, you had already written the part for him? Yeah. So at that time, it was, you know, a few months before we start shooting. So it just happens that they were at the same time. So, we so were you were you trying to go through the normal methods concurrently? Of we were going out? to. We have a okay. casting director who was actually going to reach out to him anyway, but it was sort of nice to have a personal reference to it and she yeah. you know immediately start talking about the film and i was like how cool would it be if he can be part of it and it's like he, the universe man like like we wrote you wrote this part and then she bumps into him and is like hey we for legit, sure yeah. and yeah. we don't really have a plan b either so we're like if he wouldn't do it i don't know you know we have to come up with like a second choice and we didn't have one at that time so it was, you know, it, it still took took us a while to actually get to him to get the sign a contract and all the stuff after um, maybe a few months later. Um, sure. That that was another process, but but just getting that face to face with with him was uh, amazing. Unreal. And, yeah. Yeah, because as you say, like, uh, not to spoil the film too much, but I mean, it is uh, have these LGBTQ themes and it and is a largely Asian cast. And so he's kind of like yeah. the, the golden, the brass ring for right. that cameo. Totally. Uh, I don't know who the, who, who, who the plan B would be for that. Totally. For that cameo. Yeah. And, and I think that's what that role was there for is because he, you know, he would have all of that, that we already know about him that really helps to push that right. character out. Um, so, yeah, so he only was on set for one day and mm. um, and there's no rehearsal time. We just got him for one day. And, yeah. Um, Joyce was this, you know, the driver. <laughs> she went and picked him up in the morning wow. and then and then dropped him back off at night. Um, wow. But it was it was a long it was probably the longest day on of our shoot. Yeah, because he he has one scene in an exterior park and then one scene yeah. at the end of the movie in the in the restaurant. Which so is like, the biggest scene of yeah. the film. So that was and we both we have to do both in one day. Right. Right. Um, and uh, so it was a really stressful day to say yeah. the least. And um, we found this park in Chinatown, which is, I think it's called a historical park now, which is still very nice. And um, and then it wasn't too far from the restaurant that we're in in Chinatown. Um, but he's very super, super nice. He's like kind of the nicest guy I've ever met. And we met and we instantly start talking about the character and he has some notes. He has some you know thoughts about, you know, what, 
what his character would say and what his character. When you say character, say. I mean he's playing himself, right? Yeah, okay, but yeah. it's you know we try to call yeah. it like a character. His name is George, right? <laughs> and um, and, um, and just having his input, it was amazing. And he started talking yeah. about his own story, like how he relates to you know what some of the storylines is into him, and um, and uh, so it was really fun. And and the other part of it was. Um, he actually had a lot of downtime because he only, you know, was on, you know, on screen for that long. Mm. So he, we actually have a trailer and we party in the parking lot and he was just talking to every single person on set and offset. Like, I think somebody just kind of ran into the parking lot. It's just out of random. And then he had a chair outside the trailer and he started talking to everyone. Cool. And it was, it was amazing. And everyone just had a really nice experience with him. Um, and, um, yeah, so that That's was great to hear. That was That's a really awesome. fun day. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Um, so, so you you wrap the film after fifteen days, uh, given your own background. I believe you you cut you cut it as well. Yeah? I did. Yeah. yeah. So, what was it like going back and cutting your own stuff that you directed? I mean, was it like did you need a break for a little bit, or did you just dive right into the edit process? Or, um, I don't remember if I had a break or not. I think maybe. Not for long because we shot in July. We wanted to try to make it to a lot of deadlines. So I had to kind of really go in. And I think I had like a first cut by like in one month and I trying to get something out for people to see. So, um, yeah, so, um, it, it was, it was interesting. And I think I, I, I have to have a lot of eyes, um, with me to watch it. So I wouldn't be, you know, too like close in on certain shots and certain, um, scenes that I really like and, and then it didn't actually go into the film mm. like that. So yeah. What was the, what was the process like? I mean, did it, I think it clocks in around 90 minutes right now. Like, did you cut stuff out? I mean, did you kill any babies or? Yeah. I mean, there are definitely quite a few scenes like we cut out and we just decided that it, you know, it didn't really help move the story and, and we want to try to eliminate time as well. So it's around 90 minutes now. So I think we, you know, we, we definitely was a lot longer when the first cut mm, came wow. in. Uh, the, I feel bad for the first round of test screeners to have to watch <laughs> all of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you find yourself as the editor primarily at that point? Um, you're, again, you're crafting this relatively intimate emotional story between a mother and a son. Um, and I'm sure you got what you could get on the day. But then did you find yourself finessing it or, or re choreographing it in, in the, in the edit, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, for sure. For sure. And I think, you know, we, um, I wrote it in a way and then when we were shooting it and then we shot it in a sort of a different way. And then when we're editing, then we're retelling the story again. And then I think we definitely, you know, kind of threw away every kind of preconceived, um, thinking behind what the film is about. And then when we have all the footage in it and then, you know, we got a structure down and then we're like, wait, what's the best way to tell this story and whether that first structure is still a good way to tell this story anymore. And then, you know, and then kind of seeing all the performance, you know, what works best uh, emotionally to, you know, have this journey go on. Uh, so from editing, that was definitely a lot more kind of, just a lot of like movements from there to mm. like trying to figure out what works best. <laughs> this is a stupid little thing that I, that I noticed <laughs> when Elliot meets, is it Ian? Yeah. Yeah. He, he bumps a cigarette off Elliot. Yeah. He's like, Oh, you got a light. And he gives him the lighter. 
And then they talk and then he's like, here's my number. And he pulls out a, bo- a box of matches and yeah. writes his number on the matches. <laughs> I wanted Elliot to be like, why'd you need my lighter, bro? Like you have matches in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. did, you ever, did, you ever, did you ever notice that? Or? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's definitely something that we talked about and it's like, well, he obviously wants something from him. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, it's a character choice for but sure. It was a sort of, you know, he, he wasn't sure. I guess he didn't like notice that he had, you know, asked for something yeah, yeah, and they yeah. show it at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. But, 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 you know, on, from Ian's part, like it definitely was a choice to be like, I'm going to just, push for this because it's another piece of interaction I can have with this guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and definitely, you know, we want him to sort of, you know, this is a guy who's like have an eye on him and like really want something mm-hmm. with him. And, um, and he's, you know, trying his best to like get through him, which mm-hmm. is this guy's kind of hard to get through anyway. Yeah. So, um, so that was something that we thought that it would yeah, be yeah. interesting to put in. Yeah. Um, how did you go from locking cut to, getting distribution. Cause as, as I said, it's on Netflix right now, which is a huge achievement. Um, what was that process like for your, for the sales and all that? Yeah, we, I think we kind of got lucky cause when we, when I was telling about the trailer that we shot, um, we posted on YouTube and then we got a lot of views from there and a lot of people were interested and we actually got interest from a distributor just watching before the trailer the film came out. Yeah, oh. before the, before the film even was shot. So they saw that first trailer that we shot specifically for the crowdfunding campaign and they reach out to us and say like where's the movie we want to see it and we're like we haven't shot it so we don't have one yet so we kept in touch from there with wolf video and they have been so gracious throughout the time when we production they help us you know kind of um do a lot of things to try to get money with us um and then once the film was done and when we premiere in la film festival they were already on board. They, you know, want us to, you know, wow, to get the great. film from us. So that was kind of really a nice process. So by the time we premiered, we were kind of stress-free because we know that there's a mm. place for it after. Um, and we didn't even have to deal with like sales agents and stuff like that. So that wow. was lucky. That is the dream. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a definitely a very lucky process. What was the company called again? Wolf Video. Wolf, yeah. Wolf Video. And yeah. so they're they, like a very LGBT focused uh, film company. Okay. Yeah. That's because I was going to ask because, um, you know, I would say um, maybe in the larger marketing world at large, I mean, you're, you're, you have a film about an LGBT themed film, excuse me, an LGBT themed film. Uh, on top of that, you have a largely uh, Asian cast, which is great. Yeah. And I think it's important. Can't get it needs more to be told. That. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Right. I mean, yeah. it's you know, not, not traditionally something that someone, you know, that. I don't know. I'm out of my depth, but, but you sure. get what I'm saying. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and yeah, so, I um, I think that's very laudable uh, on your part to, to tackle this. Um, and I, I would have to imagine that if they hadn't stepped in, it might've been a harder yeah, journey that, for you. It was a definitely a decision, you know, that we have to think about a lot too, because, you know, we won a distributor who actually knows like how to market this film because otherwise it might be a little confusing for somebody to just generally market it because I think there are definitely a specific audience who want it. We obviously, you know, want a wider audience as well, but, um, but as sort of the main support, we would like to kind of get it more focused and they, you know, they came in with a good plan and we really loved it. And like, that's something that kind of helps a lot. Yeah, That's great. I mean, do you, do you think that you would do that again for your next film? Like with this, the kind of trailer thing first and using that as a sales tool to, to pre-sale or, or? I, th- I hope like I don't need to, because I think that was a, that was a process because I, I didn't have like a reel or, you know, I have a couple of short films, but I want something more specific to this film. And, and, you know, I, I'm hoping that 
by the next time I can, you know, just show this feature and then, mm -hmm. you know, uh, um, just kind of talk about my next film and mm -hmm. that hopefully that will get Fair me enough. in. Yeah. Um, what is, do you have the next thing ready to go or, or what's next yeah, thing for you? Um, I just finished writing this uh, new film with uh, my writing partner, Mark Neal, and he and I wrote this film um, basically about, um, it's a little bit of a different subject matter, but it's about this guy who just found out his one night stand has, um, uh, is pregnant and about to give birth to his child. And mm. he and his best friend who's gay and decided to go to his hometown to see the birth and figure out um, their life. And mm. there are a lot of secrets that comes out again. And um, it's basically like coming out of age of 30 something people of how to Very cool. become an adult. So you got that script in a good place and now you're yeah. so, starting you know, up the process again? Yeah, so we're do it all over again with the process. Do you think you're gonna try to uh, go the like a sort of fundraising route outside of Kickstarter Indiegogo? Are you trying to get proper we're, investors? We're or? in we're in talks right now. So we're still trying to figure out what's the best way for us to do. Sure. Um, I would never say never, but I hope that I don't need to. Don't have to do that again. Yeah, because it, it definitely was, you know, an interesting month. Does having it with me under your belt kind of, has it given you more confidence or more clout in general in terms of For sure. And I think process? that's something, yeah, for sure. And I think having a film to show people that you can see that have, you know, similar themes or similar you know dynamics of the film like i love the genre of dramedy so that's something that i would try to do more as much as i can and um so i think that having that film is you know definitely uh, giving me more mm. leverage on yeah, yeah. Talking to people. uh if you could go back in time and tell baby david uh what he would do differently what he should do differently when he started out with the youth me or you know what would you tell the rising filmmaker who wants to do what you did what's one tip that you could give him um, I think just to like not give up. I think that's a very, um, I, I think there's so many times throughout my process that like I, you know, pause and think of like, is this the best thing that I want to do now? Or is this, you know, is this the right choice that I should be doing? Because it just doesn't seem like there's an end in that tunnel. But I think like if you just keep going and then I think the energy will translate to everyone around you who can help you and who can like move you along. And I think that's, um, that's something that really kind of helped me throughout this process and um, to get this made. And, mm. and it's a long ass process. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, That's okay. <laughs> it is a long ass process. Uh, well, awesome, David. Thank you. Let me, let's transition to um, the fun bit at the end here. We can play some games. Um, so we're going to do lost in translation, which if you've heard before, you know that I am sure. going to give you um, synopses from IMDb. Uh, they've been run through Google translate. So they end up a little garbled and you have to guess what the film is based on this, yeah. tr uh, synopsis, uh, in honor of your film and some interviews I read of yours where you mentioned that Ang Lee was an inspiration. These are all Ang Lee directed films. Okay. Um, cool. that's the hint. Um, so let's see how you do. There's three of them here. Okay. The first one is in the middle-class families, quiet workout, casual sex and drugs. His life felt uncomfortable. Oof. In the middle oh, class tough. families, quiet workout, casual sex and drugs, his life felt uncontrollable. This is not the Hulk, is it? No. <laughs> no, it's not Hulk. <laughs> uh, um, I couldn't think of it. What was the Ice Storm. Oh, right. I forgot about that film. Earlier film. So, next one. Young soldiers stole the weapon of the famous swordsman and left a romantic adventure in the world, in this country, until a mysterious man. Oh my God. 
Oh, a crouching tiger. Correct. Yeah. Uh, lastly, cannot agree on nasty completion parents, homosexuals, and tenants, but marriage service, parents can come to the house to get something and arms. <laughs> the wedding bank. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Good job. Uh, two out of three. Uh, all right. Now for the speed round. Uh, answer these as quickly as you can. Don't think about them. Just blurt out your first answer. Sure. What's your favorite movie quote? Ooh. Um... Or this something is, you use in every is, day. Yeah. <laughs> I try to use this every day, but I don't think it works out. Um, it's from Kingpin. Uh-huh. Um, what is it about good sex that makes me want to take a crap? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> uh, what's your Desert Island movie? You get one for the rest of your life to watch. Um, I'll go with Ang Lee's Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. Okay. Why is that? It's just one of the best films I've seen. And every time I see it, every time a cable will play it, I have to like sit and watch it. Mm-hmm. And it's just something... You know, talk about family drama, and that's that's a film that really kind of represents a lot of different family drama in it, and it's funny and it's very moving at the same time. And cool. So yeah, great. Uh, which director would you body swap with and inherit his or her filmography and continue their life going forward? Well, now I have to say, Ang Lee. Ang, yeah. yeah, sure. He is uh, probably the the one director who has done the most genres that I can yeah, think yeah, of. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, any pre-shoot rituals? Anything you did the night before you start shooting or the, before production? Um, any Spotify playlist or something like that? Yeah, I think I I I usually make a soundtrack for a film that I do, and I would try to like listen to it. I try cool. to make everyone to listen to it. Nice to, beforehand. Oh, that's so fun. That's a good one. Kind of get in the mood. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's cool. It's, with Spotify, it's so easy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite item at craft service? Uh, ice green tea. Ice cream. If tea. they have it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, dream actor to work with on a feature project. Ooh. Um, oh, that's a tough one. Thinking Mel Streep. Mm, sure. <laughs> yeah. Oscar yeah. gold right there. Sure. sure. Uh, and lastly, underrated film everyone should check out. Um, it's a film called Drop That Gorgeous. Sure. Have you ever seen it? Yeah. 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 Great. That's like one of my favorite films. It's also coming out from Midwest. It's, uh, yeah. Yeah. Really awesome, good, good choice. Uh, all right, David, you made it to the end. Thanks all so right. much, dude. Thank Thanks you for so talking. Much. That was fun. So, uh, if people want to see Eat With Me, they can see it on Netflix. Anywhere yes, else, it's on Netflix, it's on iTunes and it's Amazon iTunes as well. And Amazon. Yeah. Great, sure. Um, and then we'll be on the lookout for the next one you were describing when that uh, gets made. Um, where can people find you online if they if they want to do that? Um, it's uh, if you go to Eat With Me. Um, dot com. movie.com oh, movie. everything com. is on there so okay. like my email is on it and the same with Twitter, Instagram Twitter, Instagram or you with me so okay great yeah. so look out for that uh, I am at Ethan Cushing the podcast is at First Feature Pod if you want to get in touch with us email us at myfirstfeaturepodcast at gmail.com I need more directors guys so please hit me up and I want to interview you uh, and lastly, if you could, I know David's going to do it, uh, go on iTunes and rate us five stars. It helps in rankings and whatnot. Leave a comment. Uh, awesome. Thank you guys. We'll see you next time.